Hello. Welcome to the Curb Art Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm Jeremy Fleming, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch the latest episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I'm very excited for, and then I'll meet you in the control room of the studio, and I will review it. Time for another Curb Our Enthusiasm podcast show. And uh, I was editing the last one um, last week, and I realized that, you know, I'm watching it, going through and listening and making my edits. And I said, I'm glad to be back, and I look forward to discussing this episode. <laughs> and I thought, who am I discussing it with? So I think I meant reviewing the episode. Um, but I do look forward to getting back to when I can discuss these episodes of Curb. Um, but, uh, boy, this one, I saw the, uh, title, and I saw that there was Klansmen, so the title's The Watermelon, and I saw that there was Klansmen, people playing Klansmen, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, um, it made me a little nervous, because it's like, I'm going to be covering this, and what's, um, you know, I figured it was going to be pretty funny, though. And it really, it really is. Um, you know, looking at other people, um, you know, comments and reviews and things like that. Um, you know, just, just the, you know, I don't really read all the reviews and listen to any other podcast because I don't want to um, affect the way I'm thinking. I want to give mine and then maybe I can check theirs out later. But um, just to get the overall just to what everyone's feeling you know you see the ratings and things like that and people really laughing at this one um and i i'm, I'm no different i really found myself laughing a lot this one was really funny um so this is season 11 episode 4 the watermelon after agreeing to take susie's new rabbi golfing larry then cashes in on her um on her favor Later, Larry's appeal to Woody Harrelson's animal rights activism comes with unexpected consequences. So, um, this, and I never go into this, but the story's by Larry David and Jeff Schaefer, and he's the director. Um, and it's got a lot of, you know, got some stars in it. You know, you get Kelly Cuoco shows up, and which I didn't know she was going to be in it. Um, and that was really cool. Um, let's see here. So, this, I'm, I'm just doing a review on it. Um, there's plenty of recaps. I'll, I, I look forward to doing that later when I can actually discuss it with a couple people. Um, but this would be a really fun one to recap. Because there's so much going on. The writing is so tight in this one. Everything just goes together and makes perfect sense. You don't really find yourself thinking about, uh, any... I didn't anyway. Everything that it just all made sense. It's like, oh, that's why this happened, and you know, that's where the optometrist came in, and it just all flowed really smoothly. I thought, and then it just the um, the, I think this is really something that's really hard to get right in comedy. 
is the pacing of it. The pacing is just perfect. It just it just climbs, you know. If you think about all your favorite stories, you know, whether it's in a movie or, or you know, a Curb episode or a Seinfeld, I think the pacing has a lot to do with it when it just finally builds and uh, and it's just got you cracking up at the end. Especially if it can surprise you some. You're not exactly sure what how it's all going to um, end and come together. And this episode is just really good at all that. Um, so, you know, one of the themes... And I'm I'm really enjoying the overall story arc of this season. I like that every episode, Larry's trying to get another actor or another studio to take this project on. And this one, it's Uncle Mo, and it's Woody Harrelson's in his sights. And then Larry somehow screws it up, and then he's almost back at step one, you know. So uh, this episode's no different. Um, I thought Woody Harrelson was really funny. Um, I did not put together that, you know, when that's like the opening is that Woody is doing this speech. I think it's an Oscar and, um, and Woody Harrelson has said that he doesn't give a shit about Oscars. I did. I do know that, but he's, um, he's making fun of, um, kind of mocking Joaquin Phoenix. Well, it's verbatim from what I understand. And I do remember that it was, it was like, uh, they call it cream shaming. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'm kind of like the, you know, it's, I like Ricky Gervais's take on it. It's like, oh man, come on, just get your reward and shut up. But I do love Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I think he is, he's the best Joker that has ever played Joker. Not to take away from the other performances. I just think with the director and the script and the fact that, um, I don't want to go into that too much, but I think that when he was on the screen, I feared for anyone near him. <laughs> you know, and the other Jokers, are, for the most part, are great too. But I just thought he really brought something different to it. Um, and that's not a movie that I want to just pop in all the time. You know, Batman 1989, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, I can watch that anytime. You know, Um but Joker, it's like, oh man, do I want to, do I want to go through this again? <laughs> but in a good way, you know, it's like a, like if you were to watch a really good horror movie, which there isn't many of those in my opinion, but getting back, this is a curb episode, but I, um, Joaquin Phoenix walked the line. I just, I really, um, admire him and I, you know, you have to give him a little leadway. These, some of these actors, some of these performers, you know, so, um, so I guess the uh, connection there to Curb is that Woody Harrelson, they're both vegan. And uh, so Joaquin Phoenix is vegan and so is Woody Harrelson. And he does do some activism. But I think he's having fun with that one. He, you know, maybe he thought, oh, a little too far. But, you know, he's an actor. He's performing. And um, he's always been really entertaining. Love, love him and cheers. And um, I, I almost like him in every movie. Um, um his performance is always good. There's just certain movies that I don't really care for that much. Um, but again, let's get back to Curb. So all his scene, all Woody's scenes were great, but that's what it is. Jeff and Larry are watching this acceptance speech and he's cream shaming and all this. And, and he's uh, saying, they're saying, you know, he's crazy, but boy, he'd be a good uncle Mo, 
you know, and I wonder how often that is said for certain performers, you know, well, they're a little crazy, but they'd be perfect for this. And it's worth putting up with a little bit of that crazy to get this person for this role. And uh, I'd have to agree with that one. So, uh, you know, it's like a Tom Cruise, you're doing an action movie, you can get Tom Cruise, um, but you get all of Tom Cruise, you know, there's certain things that you're going to have to do. He's going to do his own stunts, which is really cool, but hey, that's going to cause you some headaches there, you know? So, um, the guy, you know, pretty, they, they get that set up, what he's interested in, and they get that set up. And then this theme of favors comes into play. This is right away. So you have, um, all these favors. It's kind of uh, like, first it's Jeff doing a favor for Susie, which I'm sure that happens quite often. You know, she does things for Jeff, you know, it's a, it's a marriage. And, uh, so then, you know, Susie looks the other way a lot. Um, and Larry gets roped into it because it's Jeff, you know, it's like Jeff and Jeff's one of those guys that, you know, I have friends that if they ask a favor, you have to do it. You know, it's like, boy, they've been there for me. You can't turn it down. Um, and I don't often get asked for any real big favors. I've helped people move. I've been the airport drop off and pick up guy before. Um, I've made, you know, meals for families. That's my favorite favors. Hey, oh, things are hectic right now. You got a lot going on. Maybe someone's in the hospital. Let me make you a meal. And you got a good home cooked meal, you know. Um, but I don't think I get asked a lot of favors. Either one is because um, they know I'm really busy and it's like I don't want to bother Jeremy. Um, I, I know this for a fact. Some of my friends um, will do that. Um, or two, I don't want to owe Jeremy a favor. Maybe I asked for big favors and I don't realize it. <laughs> so that's where you balance the, oh, do I ask? This guy cashes in on favors and Larry David's no different. So he cashes in on this favor for Susie. And the favor is that he's going to go play golf with this rabbi, her rabbi. But then the rabbi makes this little wager that if he seeks the putt, Larry has to go to temple. And Larry doesn't I think he makes the, he says I've never been there because the the um, rabbi's like it's been a while and and he's like has it been ever you know so he's like yeah sure whatever and the rabbi nails the putt and Larry can't believe it and then he says hey I didn't even you know this wasn't even a good wager I didn't get nothing if you didn't make it you know besides not going to temple so that sets that up and that's that's a really important setup. Um, and then you have the, the, um, so you got the Woody Harrelson story going, you got this favor theme happening throughout, and then you've got the, um, the Leon storyline with the Mary Ferguson. That's what it ends up being. You don't know that at first. And that's where the title, the watermelon comes in. So, um, and it gets, and then there's these lies. I think that's every curb. Larry's tells these lies. I mean, we had the hot dog eating contest lie, which was really funny. So it's heavy in this, in this, um, story arc is that, uh, his lie is, you know, Woody Harrelson's having coffee with him and he offers him cream. He forgets, you know, and then he's like, Oh, I would never offer you. Cause Woody's about to go off to him and cream shame him. He starts to do it. 
and and uh you know larry david's got a thing quick and he's like oh i would never get it from a regular market you know this is a i have my own farm i own my own farm you know and if you're larry david and you have the money he has you can totally own a farm you know <laughs> but he has no idea how how he's gonna prove this this lie you know it's kind of like seinfeld george and the hamptons and he keeps Oh, I'll take you there. Yeah, I just come back from getting a house in the Hamptons or or my house in the Hamptons, you know, and it's it's uh, Susan's uh, parents, you know, and they just keep they know he's lying, but they just keep going along with it. It's kind of like, well, it's not like that, really. Woody Harrison believes him, but he's going to have to show his cards, you know, and show that he has this cow. The, the cow's name's Jesse. <laughs> Because Woody Harrelson asks what the cow's name is, and and uh, Larry David's a good liar, man. He's yeah, going right with it. Um, so that's a really funny storyline. And then you have Leon, who gets caught basically eating watermelon. He's at Larry's house, and Larry's smelling something, and he opens up the garbage. Leon's trying to get him, you know, off the subject, and he finds watermelon, and um, and uh. That's one thing I don't like about watermelon. It's so big that, you know, he throws it in the trash there. And one of my thoughts is like, first of all, it's going to it's gonna start stinking. It's going to draw flies. But um, I think it's one of those pull-out trash, you know, bins. And they can only hold so much weight. So you throw an entire watermelon in, in there. That has nothing to do with the curb. I mean, it had to happen. But um, I'm not a big fan of watermelon because you have to... Like, this is something I joked about as a kid, because I never liked it as a kid, really. I was like, well, you know, other fruits, like, uh, you know, you don't have to do a lot to them, you know? Like, to me, it's like uh, apples, pears, grapes, bananas. You you just, you eat them. You don't, but watermelon, you got to salt it. You know, people salt it, or they stick, like, vodka in it. Like, they, they, they make a hole and put a whole vodka inside the water. <laughs> the watermelon and it's like what do you have to do to this what do you have to do to this fruit in order to be able to eat it you know um you know like uh tomato i just i slice it and that's it you don't have to i mean i know there's different things you can do but i don't have to salt it or nothing you slice it and you put it on your sandwich or whatever <laughs> it's pretty good so I, I never been a big fan of watermelon but i did get introduced to black watermelon it's smaller and it's real sweet um, and maybe I've never had a good watermelon, because here's the thing. So the first black watermelon I tried was really sweet. It was good. And I said, oh, boy, this is much better than that regular watermelon, you know. And then the next season, you know, the next year, we got another black watermelon. And it had, um, it's supposed to be seedless, too. I mean, those seeds in this watermelon, and they're not seedless. There's all kinds of seeds in there still. Um and it wasn't it wasn't any good it almost tasted like a regular watermelon so i don't know that's my opinion on watermelon but if you like watermelon you should be able to eat it i do agree with larry and there is this stereotype of food you know and he was doing the jewish one you know and i'm a uh, smear cream cheese i think he said well i guess mine would be that i must love mayo right <laughs> i'm at the store and i'll go in the store and get you know, six mayos at a time. And I don't care what anyone thinks. But no, I really don't do that. But um, I do like mayo. And sometimes, occasional, occasionally, I'll use Miracle Whip. Um, but I like hot sauce better. 
So if I had to choose between mayo or hot sauce, I'm sorry. I mean, it would be tough. I'm not saying it wouldn't be, that it would be easy. But I would, I can't live without the hot sauce. Um, I like uh, sriracha a lot. Um, and then, now, for, I don't really use Frank's hot sauce much. Um, I think that's almost, you could almost drink that. That's so mild. But we have here in Peaksville, Ohio, near Cincinnati, we have uh, Skyline um, hot sauce. And so we have Gold Star and we have Skyline. And that's that Cincinnati chili that people talk about. And many people will get like a can of it and be like, oh my gosh, how can you stand that stuff? But um, that's all about the recipes. It's not just something that you put in a bowl and heat up and throw some crackers in. Um, you have to make a cheese coney or a three-way or four-way, you know, which is um, spaghetti noodles with the, the chili over it. And then onions, sometimes beans, you know, like a kidney bean or something if you want. Um, however you want it. And then, of course, a bunch of cheddar cheese. And then for me, you got to top it with hot sauce. Um, but I, I actually don't prefer Skyline. I prefer, I prefer um, Gold Star. I like their chili. To me, it's not as greasy. And this is weird. It's less spicy, which I usually like spicier. But... Uh, I think the Gold Star maybe has just a little bit more of a sweetness to it. But it's not as greasy. It's not as soupy. So I like just the flavor of the Gold Star better. But I love Skyline's hot sauce. Because it is really pretty hot. So if you put, you know, Frank's, you can drown like a cheese coney. You could drown it on top. And you're not gonna. it's not going to be that hot. And I, everyone that I've talked to that's ever tried Skyline hot sauce... Their first time trying it, they were, you know, putting it on just like if it was Frank's hot sauce. And they're just talking about, like, their lips are quivering, their tongue's burning, you know. And I'm not saying it's super, super hot. Like, if you're a person that likes spicy stuff, it's not going to affect you that much. But you don't put as much of Skylines on as you do other brands. So, um, I didn't mean to go off on all that about that, but that is a thing, you know, so that's funny. So they're, you know, they end up in the supermarket there. This was in the, uh, previews of the last episode and Larry starts going, you know, making this big speech about eat your watermelon, you know, don't be ashamed. And there's a guy there, another black man, cause Leon's with him. And, and do you love watermelon, sir? get you a watermelon on me. And he's, I love watermelon. Like they're all, you know, almost ashamed of it at first. And then they're like, you know, set free by Larry. And so <laughs> she, the cashier's funny too. Cause she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so that, that really became funnier for me later in the episode. That guy cash is his name. I think K-A-S-H, the actor, uh, and he's that becomes really funny and i hope he's in other episodes i hope he's in the next episode um but uh that's a thing you know so uh you know i do wonder like i i love ketchup and there i totally like being in a restaurant with ketchup and being at home and having ketchup's two different things for me i don't eat it as much now and the people that know me 
probably do not believe me. If they heard this right now, they'd say, no, he's lying. He's probably can catch up all the time. I've really cut down a lot. But I, one of my jokes, which was only kind of a half-kidding joke, was sometimes I will say, well, what am I going to have for dinner? Um, well, what goes, what could I eat that has ketchup with it? Because I want some ketchup. <laughs> so, but I, I know, everyone knows someone that has, um, puts ketchup on everything. And I'm not that bad. But, you know, if I'm in a restaurant and I'm having a little ketchup at home, it'd probably be three times the amount, you know, at least. So, I'm not going to sit, I'm not going to put, like, I'm not going to go to a restaurant and, and, and put ketchup on steak. You know, um, will I do that at home? No comment. I'm not going to admit that. But I'm just saying that that's a thing too. So Leon's thing is he's ashamed to eat watermelon in front of a white person like Larry. And Larry didn't like that. You know, Larry's like, hey, that's not right. You're going to eat your watermelon. I want you to enjoy it. There's no shame in it. So that was that was nice. Um, so... Uh, that was a funny thing going on. And then you have the whole um, optometrist thing. And uh, I, did I say Kelly Cuoco? I, I, I meant Kaylee. If I said Kelly, I meant Kaylee. Um, Kelly Cuoco, uh, of course, from the Big Bang Theory. Man, I cannot believe there's so many people on the Internet that hate that show. They just, it's not funny. They'll talk about there's a laugh track in it, which there's not a laugh track. Um, that's a studio audience laughing. I mean, is it on its own track? Sure. But a laugh track, you're usually talking about where you add laughter in. Um, like MASH, the show MASH, they, that there's no laughter. There was no audience there to laugh. Um, now did they, you know, I've heard of them where they would like, uh, get an audience to watch an episode like on a, t on a TV and then record the laughter and put that in. But I don't even know if they did that with MASH. I think they just inserted the laughter they thought they should be. If there's a joke, have some laughs. And um, on the DVD version, you could have it with no laugh track. And um, I totally preferred it that way uh, on MASH. It, it's, it's different at first because you're so used to hearing the laughters. But So getting back to the Big Bang Theory... There's no laugh track on it. It's it's actually a pretty funny show. I think it did some important things in its early, uh, well, throughout the whole series. It it um, did some neat things. You know, you get uh, with like Leonard Nimoy and Bob Newhart was on it, and he's really getting up there. So I was so happy to see that they had Bob Newhart on there as a reoccurring character, and he was so funny too. Um, he's just one of those comedians where his timing is just, um, really wonderful. Um, it's so funny. I've always been a big fan of his. So I really appreciated that they included things like that. Um, um, now as the show goes on, I think they, they made a mistake and I'll get back to curb here, but they made a mistake with that Sheldon he learned he changed so much he learned so much he evolved and i wish they would have actually took him the other way I, I think there was a point where when he was getting with amy and everything that he should have um reverted back to the the sheldon that everybody loved he was kind of the kramer character in the bunch and that was something that was so neat about seinfeld was they had that no learning rule no learning no hugging and these other shows just can't do it they just they're not 
Jerry Seinfeld, they're not Larry David. They do their own thing. You know, I'm not saying that they have to be, but that's where it kind of got bad. And then they did, they did introduce the whole family thing with kids and and the Big Bang Theory, but you never really, they weren't part of the story. You know, you saw them, um, but they really were more in the background. So that was okay. Um, but it did, you know, those last few seasons were not as funny. Um, and that's my opinion as to why I think there was a point where they could have took Sheldon, reverted him, and then maybe brought him back some of the other way. Um, but I get it. They wanted the characters to evolve. But if you do not like Big Bang Theory, or let's say you liked it at first, and then as it went on, you're like, eh, it's time for it to end. And, um, I was more of the um, one that was like, oh, okay, yeah, they can wrap this up, but I enjoyed it. Um, but Young Sheldon is a really good show. That's the prequel. And it's, of course, all about Sheldon when he's younger. And um, it's totally different. And there is no laugh track. There's no studio audience on it. It's just made different. Now, you do benefit if you know Big Bang Theory and then watch Young Sheldon, but you do not have to see Big Bang Theory to watch Young Sheldon and enjoy it. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but um, Kaylee Cuoco was really good in her role, and I think she said something like she really had a good, really fun doing Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I think a lot of um, performers like that because it is a little different because um, they have this outline, but they're allowed to you know, do several takes and have some fun with it too. So, and her and Larry, I thought were pretty good together and they're going back and forth on the, you know, you go, I just had my eyes examined and you totally do that one, two, they flip it back and they do, they got to do it fast and you got to give your answer fast. And I'm kind of like, Larry, you don't want to screw it up. You know, you want, you want your glasses or your contacts, you want them correct. And, um, but it's usually pretty easy. And I, I think he guessed right at first, cause you can totally see on the screen, on the TV screen, what's more clear. And, uh, I think later he starts second guessing himself and he's like, no, maybe I should have went with one. And then it's three and four. And he goes, are you trying to trick me? Is this a trick? I think is one, is, is one three and two's four. And she's like, there's no trick. She's getting really annoyed with him. And she's later, she's got, well, she's got a bag of, um, pirate booty and uh so they say pirate booty a lot none of them laugh that'll be interesting uh to see later on like um if there's any outtakes of them laughing about the word pirate booty um i've had i've had that but i do not remember it that well i think it was many years ago but i i didn't realize that's been around since like 1980s 1987 or 83 something like that um but the, the graphics alone are almost worth the purchase of a, a bag of it. I don't know if any of you ever played a, or if it, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I guess you've already realized I'm a big nerd, but I love uh, Monkey Island, uh, the uh, adventure game, LucasArts adventure game. There's a, a series, Monkey Island series. And that, whenever I see the pirate booty thing, I think of Monkey Island. Anyway. Um, back to Curb. So the so the whole point of the optometrist thing is for Larry to have his pupils dilated. That does suck. You know you're sensitive to light. Um, I would I'd say if you have some some sunglasses or something, it doesn't affect you that much. You can totally walk around and drive. Um, but later he gets an eye injury. She 
she actually goes after him because he causes the breakup of um, her and Freddie um, Funkhauser, which is, you know, Vince Vaughn. Um, because why? Because she drops a pirate booty, one of the little snacks, and she doesn't pick it up. She looks down and sees it and then walks on. And, and Larry, this bothers him, and he picks it up. Um, but um, I don't know. First of all, I don't think my optometrist or my doctor or anyone would be eating pirate booty in front of me. <laughs> but if they dropped one on the floor, I don't think they'd pick it up. Um, and I wouldn't really think that much of it. Um, I sure as heck wouldn't pick it up. Not an entitlement thing, but um, these hospitals and stuff, you know, these doctor's offices, it's it's not as bad as a bathroom, but it, almost, you know, especially in the current situation. Um, but he totally tells on her. You know, she didn't pick that up, and it bothers Freddie uh, really bad, and he's got to bring it up, and he outs that it's Larry. He gets that, she gets that out of him pretty quick. So she's so mad at him that when he's back at the optometrist for the second time, she, she hits that, you know, eye machine against his eyes. So now he's really in trouble. And that's when the big collision happens. Um, you have the guy playing, uh, oh, what is his name? I'll look it up here. I got it ready here. Um. Yeah, Mark um, Mancheka, I think so you say it. He's the Klansman, uh, man. He, he he's hilarious. I I to play that role. I mean, that's brave for one thing. He's totally got the look. Um, but he, you know, he reminds me of um. Uh, let's see, what is that? Uh, the Office. You know, the, the movie The Office. Um. Dietrich Bader, as Lawrence was his name, and you know the office—they're planning how to how to steal this these funds, you know, with this program. And uh, he lives next door, and the walls are paper thin, and they're all like, "Don't say anything to anyone about this." And he's like, "I won't say anything either, man." You know, he's just one of those everyday blue-collar guys. You know, you have a beer with them and barbecue or something, and that's what this guy reminds me of. This character. That's uh, on curb. Um, he was, he was, it's funny because he's like, he could be a likable guy, but then he's got that big thing where he's a bigot and he's racist, you know? And uh, so it's like, well, you know, uh, you can't do much about that. Um, you know, you don't want to, you're not going to be friends with the guy, you know, unless you're like him. You're not going to be friends with the guy. But Larry, sure. Uh, not friends, but uh, totally gets why he's upset. So they bump into each other to have this collision. Really, I think that uh, he walked into him. Um, he walked into Larry, the way I saw it. Um, What's his character's name? A Klansman Joe and Joe. He's your average Joe, and that's how this guy played it. And uh, but he's got his coffee. I mean, he's walking, and I think he's saying hi to another Klansman or something. And he, but Larry doesn't even know. He he's just kind of disoriented, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." And he's like, "Oh, he's like, you got it on my robe, and I need that." And it turns out to be, you know, a Klansman robe, a KKK robe, and. They get into, into a discussion, why'd you go with white? No, I mean, it's just so funny.
and Larry feels bad and he's going to get this rope cleaned and he takes it to a, a, a dry cleaner. Can you even imagine? And, uh, um, and the guy's Jewish, you know, and Larry, he talks this guy into doing it. And I really believe like in the writing, like the actor, the way he played it was that he was going to do it for Larry. I don't, because later the robe's missing. I really don't think that he was going to, that he had that plan at that time. But I think when it finally came down to it, he's like, I just, I can't do this. Screw this. I cannot do this, you know. But Larry totally talked him into it. Later, he talked Susie to cash in on his favor. And it's just masterful. He He's, hey, he starts buttering her up. How I like, I love your work, you know. And uh, she's like, oh, thank you so much, you know. And he's like, boy, I really, there's, you know, I have something you could do for me, you know. And she's like, well, what is it? I, I can't, you know, I have to know what it is. I can't do everything. And, well, it's kind of a robe. <laughs> <laughs> he goes into it. and then I like at the end when she reluctantly agrees to do it. He's like, "Oh, and don't worry, he's our, the hat's fine. He's got the hat." You know, I think that's where he mentions it. Um, he's like, "You don't have to make a hat," and she's like, "Oh, great!" You know, <laughs> she's like, "This goes against everything I believe in," but Larry can talk her into it. And again, I don't think she has in mind what she's gonna do when she makes this robe. Um, which I'll, we'll get into in a, in, a, in a little bit here, but, um, he totally talks her into it. And when you watch it, it's just like, you see it, you see how he builds it up to get her to agree to it. It's really, um, he said he's good at interviews, Larry David in real life. He's really good interview. He can get almost any job. You know, he was a bra salesman in real life and he didn't know what he was doing. But he got the job. And you can see how, just through this character of his, how he became who he is. You know? It's like he talked his way. Like, he did not know what he was doing with Seinfeld. Um, especially if you watch those early episodes. Well, he admits this, but you can tell he didn't know what he, what he was doing. The way that the writing was going. Not, not that he was a bad writer, but he was still green with it. And he, but, you know, he got the job as producer because there was some kind of problem that arose in Seinfeld and what did he do he fixed it somehow real quick I don't know what the issue was but they were really impressed and everyone was like you know what he should he should run the show he should be the showrunner of the show so he was just being himself you know so he must be a problem well he obviously he's a problem solver too um you know being a showrunner producer is not easy and he's and so in this story arc he's doing the same thing he's man whatever I got to do to get this show going, I want Woody Harrelson as Uncle Mo, and I'm going to do it. So, he, uh, with his Klansman Joe, now they have this connection. I got to get this robe. I'm going to get it clean for him. And then it ends up getting stolen, or going missing, I mean. You know, Larry goes back to pick it up. The guy says, it's lost, you know. And he's like, bullshit, give me the robe. And he says, hey, what do you expect if you get some inferior race to do you know, a dry cleaning job, you know, we lost it. So Larry knows, I mean, it probably got burned, I'm guessing. <laughs> so Larry says, this guy's going to be really mad at him. He's got two rallies to go to. <laughs> it's just... So uh, the, the you're cracking up through this whole episode. I mean, you're laughing really, really hard. And then it comes time for, I, know, I don't know if I'm telling, I'm not trying to tell this in every scene in order, but I'm just going through my memory of these big moments. And 
one of them is that Woody Harrelson comes to the farm because Larry's going to cash in on another favor. He t he goes to Clansman Joe. He's going to say they lost it. But listen, I know uh, I know. See here, I'm I'm going out of order. He says I know uh, someone, a seamstress that can do this for you. And so he's got this guy fired up. He's like, man, he's like, you know, um, you'll be uh, what do they call him? The Grand Master or something? I forget what they call him, but the the higher up guy, the of the of the clansmen, he says you could be invited to dinner at his house, you know. And this guy's all excited. You're gonna have a custom robe, so he's like, you know, right on, man, you know. So Larry's, this guy has a farm because no one know. He asked Susie, and no, there's no people with farms around here. What are you talking about, you know? Uh, this is L.A. No one's got a farm, and no one has cows, you know. You can't find any cows, so um. He uh, he goes and, uh, you know, when he's at this Klansman Joe's, he sees there's a cow, you hear a moo. And he goes, you know, there's a favor you could do for me. So here he is cashing in on a, on a favor. And uh, so uh, here comes Woody. And there and that, that just all those scenes there, they're a big scene together. Uh, Woody and Klansman Joe and Larry David, it's just hilarious. I mean, they're just playing it up. Um, and you know, some of it's totally serious. Some of it, they're joking and lying, but you, you, you really can't tell. They're both really, uh, Klansman Joe's really good at kind of going along with it too. And, uh, you know, we call each other certain things. What do you call him? And Larry David says a, a, a racist, a racist fuck or something like that. <laughs> a racist motherfucker or something like that. And, uh, you know, and, they're, and they just laugh, you know, and that Klansman Joe's like, it works, it works. So, uh, you know, now Larry's got to give this calf a name and everything, and Woody Harrelson's happy. He is sold on all this. And he and Larry says, hey, you want him, uh, you want Joe to gather you up some of those apples to go? And, oh, man, that'd be nice. And he's got grapes. He's got the grapes and everything, I think, and he's got some apples. And they're out there on the porch eating, and they're saying bye, and everything's great. You know, and he drops a grape, you know, Woody Harrelson, Woody drops a grape. He looks down, he just keeps eating and, and Joe says, you know, aren't you going to pick up that grape? And he goes, well, no, it's, you know, it's biodegradable. I'm not going to pick it up. And, uh, you know, Larry's got Joe's back. He says, oh, you know, you, you should pick it up. You know, this kind of seems like an entitlement thing, you know, like you're too good to pick up that grape. And that Joe's like, Hey, if I was at on your porch and I dropped a grape, I'd pick it up. <laughs> you know? So what he's not having it, they start getting into an argument, verbal argument over it. And what he says, well, you know, here's what I think about your grapes or your porch or whatever. And he throws the grapes and he goes, then he's going to throw the apple. And as he's going to throw the apple, uh, Joe says, uh, uh, don't you. And the, and, he, and what he already throws the apple. It's busted over. He goes, don't you fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> so that I, I was I'm I was about losing it. So then he goes, Clansman Joe goes, you wait right here, and he goes into the house. And what he what he's like, where's he going? And I love how Larry David delivers this line. He says, I think he's going to get a gun. <laughs> so what he, you know, screw you, Larry, screw your show, you know. So it's done. That's over. He's not going to be Uncle Mo. Uh, Larry's back at square one and i don't i think larry's yelling back at him at this point you know well you should have picked up the grape you know 
And, uh, you know, he's mad. He knows it's over. So he's yelling back. And what he takes off, you know, you never see Clansman Joe come out with a gun or rifle or whatever. But I think Larry was probably right on that one. <laughs> and I think Woody was right to get the heck out of there. Um, now, should he picked up the grape? Um, you know, it's a poor, if it's a porch or sidewalk, sure, or kick it, you know, if, if you're out in the dirt or something and the, who cares, you know, it's just a grape. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah maybe you should pick it up but if i'm holding a bunch of grapes and apples and i go to pick up the grape off the porch i'm gonna drop even more grapes you know so hey maybe that was the problem uh he could have got him you know a bag or uh, something to carry it all in um but uh yeah that's 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 a pretty funny ongoing theme that you know is an entitlement do you pick up things um have a two-year-old daughter and uh you know toddlers are just they think everything just goes on the floor she's eating french fries i'm done with this one you know and we've been teaching her you know here put it on the table here you know she's sitting in her chair but you go to a restaurant and man there's some fries that like now when i get her all cleaned up and we we're leaving i do pick up anything i can on the uh seat on the chair or anything of course the table you know, I straighten up some, but man, there's fries on this, that floor, whatever it is she's eating. Some of it ends up on the floor and I do feel bad, but they got to clean the floor anyway. It's not an entitlement thing, but it's, I'm not going to get on my hands and knees and clean under the, you know, boot, excuse me, under a booth. Um, but we do tip well because we know that they, that they got to do a little extra work. So we tip extra because they have to put up with this this toddler that threw french fries or whatever it is crayons you know whatever it is on the floor um so um so for me it's not an entitlement thing you know i'm not too good I, i'll pick up i'll pick up a pirate booty you know <laughs> okay now if i'm in a uh in an optometrist's office i don't know why i'm eating pirate, pirate booty but i'll pick it up but i'm gonna use a tissue or something know and i'm probably gonna end some hand sanitizer afterwards and that that has nothing to do with um you know the current situation i i would just always do that um especially at a hospital or something i you know it's just how it is um let's see what else you know it's we're getting to everything's coming together now you know this hate rally's coming up uh susie's on the uh making the uh custom Klansman robe which is not actually a white it's kind of an off-white according to larry and Klansman joe i think um now what's really important is larry does attend this temple as promised and uh okay i'm back i had to take a little break there um so getting right back to where we were um larry is going to attend temple he attends temple and this is really important because he gets the chauffeur. Um, this is it's like a ram horn, and this is something they they do on Temple. And I so want one now, um, though I don't don't think I could get it to sound like Larry does the, uh, later in this episode. But um, I know I'm giving something away. But you've you've seen this episode, right? <laughs> this is not a, a spoiler. I don't think this is an episode. And, and I'm late getting my stuff out. I'm, everyone else is on Monday. 
I don't I don't know if they're doing video too, but hey, they just got their stuff together more than me. Um, I was gonna record Sunday night, and it's getting to the point where it's like, ah, eh, I'm I'm better to do it Monday night and record, and then edit it and post it. Um, but um, hopefully, the the few that listen to this or or watch it are enjoying it. But I do like doing it, and um, it does help me improve because I have other projects to do um, with recording and this one's a little bit more laid back for me so I do enjoy it I like it better to discuss it with people um, but that's just not happening right now but so it's better for me to do this than do nothing at all as as what I say um, so Larry attends temple he gets the chauffeur um, Larry gets his uh, then he, he goes to Heidi the optometrist this is when the eye injury well he doesn't go to her but he's she shows up she's mad about him causing the trouble with Freddie and she injures his eyes and that and so this leads to him getting into a fender bender he's driving and he hits a uh, a lady um he doesn't hit a lady he hits a car a lady in a car <laughs> should clarify that it's a, a a black woman a very attractive woman that Leon is going to be really excited to meet <laughs> and her name is Mary Ferguson so he would be going on a trip with this very attractive woman um and um i want i made a note to myself that she when they get into this fender bender she's really understanding about it he explains you can tell his eyes are messed up and she's like you shouldn't be driving you know and he's apologizing and he's and they're exchanging information for insurance and she has his license and she's taking a picture of his license with her phone well they make that very clear and then she says um and i don't maybe even ask her but she says you know i'm taking a picture of your information of your license she goes you can do the same with mine and uh i know we all do this don't we i mean these phones i you you take a picture of something you send it to somebody um you you need uh i even do it for for um, eyesight reasons sometimes there's like a model number or something and it's you got your squint in your eyes just take a picture you can zoom in on that and it's like it's bigger than anything i mean you it's so easy to read it and you're not going to make any mistakes you can send it to somebody else um so this is a good idea she has um but why are they mentioning it what does it have to do with this story um does this come into play later because now she she will know where Larry lives? Yes, she did go there with him, but you you might not necessarily remember that. Um, or is this going to come into play at the hotel? You know what? Something's going to come of this, I think, because um, they were very um, they wanted to be sure that we heard that. So unless I'm just totally overthinking this, um, but she did take a picture of his license. It's got his you know, picture on there, and it's got his information, his address, and everything. So I am wondering if this comes back into play in a, in a future episode, because I don't think she's done. I I want to see her and Leon, you know, um, get together, you know, and, and possibly go on this trip, hopefully, but I, I think there should be more to it. So um, hopefully she's back, um, hopefully next episode or the one after that. Um, and then what happens next is, um, she's going to go, she's going to, uh, 
I don't know if it shows this right away. I think it does. She um, or if it's Klansman Joe, but I'm gonna go with um, uh, her. We'll stick with her. She goes back with Larry, and and she's gonna. She's excited to meet Leon. She's thinking about going on this trip with him. She wants to meet him. Larry takes her in. He's trying to talk Leon up, and there's Leon. And this is what's so funny is that cat, the guy. I I can't think of his name in the show, but uh, Cash. Uh, the the actor he he was the guy in the supermarket that was also ashamed of the watermelon and then Larry Freedom and he was you know yelling screaming yes I love watermelon and he he has apparently he went back with Leon and they're they got their watermelons joined and they're having this big feast and Larry calls it a watermelon orgy because she's appalled she sees him munching on this watermelon and she's just like ugh and leaves and Larry's just like what the hell and and Leon's like what what was he goes that was Mary Ferguson and so he's and he's so quick to go okay you know it's like I had her and didn't even know it and I lost her and then Larry's like who told you to have a a, a watermelon orgy <laughs> so that was really funny and then he says can I can I join in have some watermelon and Leon's like oh yeah you can and they're all eating their watermelon enjoy having fun <laughs> eating watermelon together it's like Seinfeld they're all chewing gum um so then uh, Klansman Joe he gets his ass kicked because he's got his new he, he uh, Susie gets the robe done Larry gives it to him he's all excited and he's doesn't even have time to really check this custom robe out he puts it on and he runs to join his fellow clansmen and their and their hatred and uh, Susie apparently added a, her own little touch to it. There's a Star of David on the back. And uh, really funny. Uh, the fellow clansmen say, this guy's a Jew. They start beating his ass. <laughs> so he's get, getting his. And uh, so obviously Klansman Joe's upset. He thinks Larry did this on purpose to set him up. He was behind it. And, uh, you know, Larry's a Jew too, right? So... He comes uh, looking for Larry. He's seeking Larry out. He's gonna he's gonna put the hurt on Larry, and we don't want this to happen. Obviously, um, Larry's in bed. He hears Klansman Joe calling him out. You know, and I got my ass kicked. You think it's real funny? I'm gonna beat your ass. You know, things like that, threatening him. Larry is very shook up. Um, and it's a, a, a we must note that when he first got this uh, chauffeur, he didn't really want it. He's and he tried to play it and he and he didn't know uh what he was doing and uh apparently you're supposed to put um put this like on one side of your mouth um um i don't know if it matters what side but i think that the instructions i saw was the right side of your mouth and then you do you blow out of just that side of your mouth like a raspberry like like you would do a raspberry um and that's how you play it so i really want to get one now and see if I could do that correctly, <laughs> but, so that so I this is something that I maybe I missed, but I guess maybe Larry says he he needs to practice or something, but he grabs this thing, and the chauffeur he grabs it and he runs out because he don't know what to do at first. He's looking around, he's panicking. I thought maybe Leon could you know come rescue him. I wasn't sure. Um, is Larry going to throw, get a watermelon and throw it out the window at this guy? I had no idea what was going to happen. I wasn't even really trying to think about it. I was just enjoying it and watching it. And um, he grabs this chauffeur. He runs to the balcony. 
because you know this uh clansman joe's standing out in the driveway there basically and he starts you know just playing this thing and man it is perfect he plays it perfectly it's 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 like you're in the lion king movie or something he's playing it and all these lights start coming on. He is literally waking up the whole neighborhood. And this Klansman Joe is like, hey, keep it down. He starts looking. He sees dogs are barking. Lights are turning on. And he says, oh, shit. And he starts to run. And I had to note this. That run is a really comedic run that he did. He's got his arms flailing and stuff. And he takes off. And, man, that was a funny ending. That was a very satisfying ending. That was... I really liked how this whole story came together. Um, uh, and, you know, leave it to Larry David to take something that really doesn't have any humor in it and add all this funny to it. And what a great job all the actors and actresses did um, to to have it come together. And hopefully they had a really a fun time doing it. But uh, that would not be an easy role to play. Hey, you're playing a Klansman, but you need to be somewhat likable and then also people are happy with you getting your ass kicked too you know it's it's kind of like uh, he did that before um where uh he befriended a pedophile you know or at least allegedly one but i think i think he was i think he was convicted and this guy just had good golf tips you know and it was like oh my gosh you know like you wouldn't want to do that would you <laughs> and you know and the guys around kids and stuff and so um He's definitely, uh, each episode, he's he's hitting the hard stuff, whatever he wants to. He can make it funny. He he seems to have a, a, a license he created for himself. Um, he seems to get away with a lot of stuff that... Uh, now, people were upset with the episode before. Some people about the cancer, which I address. But I, I don't think, you know, he, he, he's going to get um, much pushback on... Uh, that he got this clan, this Klansman guy in here, you know. Um, I don't think, anyway. I don't think anyone would be that upset. Uh, I mean, some people are going to be offended at everything. But I mean, the fans of Cribber Enthusiasm, I don't think they're going to be all that upset that this was in the storyline and that he was going to get his robe cleaned and all that. <clears throat> it's outrageously funny. Um, okay, so the next episode... Um, I, whoa, this is going to be a good one, man. Um, now, what I got out of the previews on it is that um, I think there's a funeral. And Larry's stuck in traffic and says, I'm too smart to be stuck in traffic. If you, if you get stuck in traffic, you did something wrong. And uh, I used to make these jokes when I was a teenager. I said, uh, and I, I'm even more serious about it now. Um, if I had, a, like, it was offered a really good job, but it was going to have to be that uh, uh and this is assuming that i'm sought after <laughs> you know like that that i know that they really want me you know they're gonna i'm gonna make them a lot of money whoever i'm working for and and i was gonna have to drive in morning traffic and at night tra everyone's going to work at the same time and coming home the same time you know that rush hour traffic i'd say you know i come in an hour later and leave an hour earlier or what you know whatever um you know, or an hour earlier, or whatever it takes. I'll make, I'll do my time, but I'm not gonna join in this this traffic. I'm not gonna join in this 
ritual of being stuck in traffic. But Larry, I think this is a funeral, and I think he turns around. He calls he calls his uh, Jeff and them up. I think or it's it's Freddie. I think, and he calls him up. He says, I I I think I'm just going to turn around. It shows him turning turning Yui, and 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 Freddie can't believe it. That I'm just guessing though, because you know the guys. Um, which I think it's Rob, uh, I think it's Rob uh, Morrow from, um, you, you may know him from Numbers. I could never get into that show. I've tried. I still want to try. I want to, I want to like it because it's got these great actors in it. I love Judd Hirsch. I think he plays his father, but I did like him in, um, Northern Exposure a lot. And I don't know if you knew this, but Northern Exposure, that's a David Chase thing. That's Sopranos, you know? very different in some ways but you do see some similarities and storytelling and it's got this quality to it it's a, a very very film-like quality like sopranos and i know a lot of people consider sopranos like these little movies each episode and i think northern exposure there's there's um certain ones that are just really good but it's not for everybody it is slow moving you know but um but uh, I think it. I think that is who it is, and it and uh, it sure looked like him and sounded like him in the preview. They don't have him listed yet, but his father is. Um, and he and he might be playing just a character. You don't know yet, um, but he his father is ill, and he says to Larry, "Well, pray, you know, pray, say a prayer." Uh, I believe it's his father. He says, "Say a prayer for my dad or whatever," and he says, "Oh, prayer," you know, and he something like, "Well, don't you think prayers work?" You know, I guess maybe Larry makes a face or something. He said, I know they don't. And he said, how do you know they don't work? He said, I'm bald. <laughs> I'm still bald. <laughs> so, because he's praying for hair. Um, and then the other thing I noticed is, uh, I could be wrong, but it's just a still shot. Um, but Larry's got a date, and it, it looked kind of like Julie Bowen from Modern Family. But it also reminded me of... Um, of uh, Denise uh, Handicap, the girl who played Denise Handicap. Um, it's Casey Rogers who played the um, Mary Ferguson, the the black lady Mary Ferguson, um, which I, I don't, I'm not familiar with. Uh, I haven't seen her, what she's known for. Um, it's fairly new. Some of the stuff's fairly new. 2020, 2021. 2021, it's a, a film called You. I think so um, I, I'm not familiar with her but I do hope she's back I would like to see her and Leon uh, interact more um, and I do want to know if that's going to pay off about the driver's license but I don't think she's going to be in this next episode it doesn't look like there's a story too but anyway um, this other the uh, Denise Handicap was played by Anita Barone and I, I don't know if she's back playing a different character because i think she's standing up in this one i don't think she's uh she's not in the wheelchair or is it julie bowen or is it someone totally different but that's what it looked like on the still shot but larry the reason i mentioned that is because uh here it is it's called um uh arash hamasi Arash Hamasi, I believe, how you, how you say it um and it means welcome to my restaurant and this is great right here it's Mr. Takahashi's back. And um, I think Black Swan is the funniest Curb Your Enthusiasm episode in itself. If I, I think if I was going to try to sell this show to somebody 
and they I could only pick one episode, I think it would be that one. That it that this last episode, the one I'm currently reviewing, it reminded me of Black Swan as far as the writing goes. It just really went all together and then it comes to this outrageous climax and it's just so satisfying and hilarious. But Black Swan's one that I just remember had me rolling. I think I watched it again. If not that later that night, the next night I watched it again. Um, and and this episode was really good. And so everybody, as what I've read, is everyone was like me, where they're just cracking up. So this next episode should be really funny, too. I mean, it's uh, Dana Lee playing Mr. Takahashi, the same guy. He's always been great. Um, and I know there's a paramedic. Paramedic number two is in it, so I don't know who paramedic number one is. <laughs> but... Um, Maybe this is maybe it's uh, this date he ends up going on, um, but we will see. But I'm looking forward to it. It's going to air November 21st, and um, it says why uh, while he and his date swap secrets, Larry runs afoul of the rules and regulations at a sushi restaurant. No good deed goes unpunished for Freddie Funkhauser, and uh, it is Freddie Funkhauser, you know, who's upset with Larry when he's turning around. So I could be way off. It's not a funeral, but. Uh, if you turn around just because of traffic and you're going to a funeral, that's going to cause some big trouble. So this um, thing, this deal, it might be something to do with um, the hotel probably. And Larry's doing some type of favor and it's going to help, you know, get his hotel deal um, something with it. You know, it's going to make him money or something and Larry's bailing on him. So that's my guess, something like that. So I really look forward to that and reviewing it. And I, 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 I guess I just did a review, a kind of a, a little bit of a recap review. But I mean, I don't know how else to talk about. <laughs> to give a really short review, I'd be like, well, I liked it. It was funny. This line was good. And I'll see ya. So uh, I was trying not to get too detailed in it and make this too long. Um, but anyway, I did have fun talking about it. And I will see you guys next time. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Our Gmail is uh, COE, so the initials of Curb Our Enthusiasm, COEpodcast at gmail.com. You can drop us a, a line there. Um, we have uh, our Facebook page um, that you can go to and comment on or message us through there. Um, and then we have the phone number, 937-598-9088. So, hey. See you um, next week, and thanks for watching.